Hi, I'm Patrick John Fluger, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. Hey, Shy Hearts, welcome back to another episode of Meet Us at Molly's. This is episode 81. Today we are going to cover episode three of all three shows. So 403, 703, 603. So as always, I'm Gina. I'm one of your hosts. I'm joined by Bryna. Hello, everybody. And don't worry, we see the Ubzik-sized elephant in the room, but we will address that later. Um, That is going to happen. (laughs) Before we get into the meat of the episodes, we, of course, are going to talk about the news. And we've got a little bit today, not a ton. But the first thing we got were promotional photos for Chicago PD Season 6, Episode 4. So this is the episode that will air next week. Brenda, was there anything noteworthy in there? Um, nothing crazy. I mean, there's some, looks like some good pictures with some music Antonio tension. Um, but all these pictures look like they happen in the one, in this like alleyway or whatever. So again, not really indicative of the entire episode, but yeah. Was that the picture of Antonio and Ruzik just like randomly off in the distance in the alley? Yeah, it, well, it's that episode, but yes, that wasn't the picture I was talking about specifically, but yes, it, that is that episode. Especially, but I feel like these promo pictures are also kind of misleading because the promo that we saw last night, I mean, it looks like it's going to be a big Burgess episode, but most of these pictures have to do with Antonio and Ruzik, so I don't know. I really hope that picture of them just like standing off in the alley, I really hope Void just like dropped them there and ditched them and was like, do not resurface until you have sorted your shit out. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. They really need to. I mean, I really like the tension. I think it's been a good, in terms of storyline, but in terms of these characters getting along and their friendship and just like the intelligence unit, I'm just like, get over it. Like, stop. But as like a television storyline, I like it. Yeah, as a storyline, it's good. And in 601, I liked it for sure. In 603, the episode we're going to talk about later, I was just like, can we not right now? I mean, but we'll get there. We'll get there. So (laughs) yeah, we got promo photos for 604. We also got an episode description for 605. And this is the episode that will air on October 24th. And the description says, while undercover, Ruzik discovers that his father is working for a suspected drug dealer and is forced to ask the question, is his dad involved? So Papa Ruzik's returning. Dun, dun, dun. Disco Bob. That sounds interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm a little mad at Ruzik right now, so I'm not too enthused, but. Uh, we were excited a couple weeks ago when we, like, I don't remember who teased it, but when somebody teased it. So just go back and listen to that if you want to hear Gina's excitement about this. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we'll get into this later. But yeah, so we also got two deleted scenes. Hey, we got a med deleted scene and a PD deleted scene. What, uh, which one was the med deleted scene? Oh, this was uh, with Manstead. That's right. Uh, I'm guessing this is from the premiere because just 
Will's like super excited. He walks up to Nat at whatever doctor station she's at. And he's like, I found this awesome venue. It's so great. It's so wonderful. And Nat is just not paying attention. And poor Will is so upset. Yeah. I understand why it was cut because, I mean, it, like, I didn't need that to understand from the premiere episode that Natalie was not into it and Will was. Like, I didn't need that scene. But it is just kind of funny and just kind of reinforces that these two are clearly going to get into some kind of fight and most likely break up. They're probably never making it. it in this moment in time, they're not making it to the altar. So, like, yeah, it just kind of reinforced all of that to me. Nat's going to break his heart. Um, unless Will does something ridiculous. But, yeah, I mean, Nat's going to break his heart. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. And then the PD deleted scene was basically just context on how Voight got beat up before the season premiere. He basically was going to collect a debt from someone to help provide for Olinsky's family, which is really just Meredith at this point, which is sad. And he got the shit beat out of him. That's kind of thought that was important, though, if they were going to leave in I mean, obviously, they don't know until after they filmed everything that it's going to get cut. So I understand why, therefore, in all the other scenes, he's got the, like, scars and the, like, cuts and bruises on his face. But, like, we were questioning that the whole time. We were like, what happened? And then um, Trudy, like, points it out in the very beginning. She's like, what the fuck happened to you? And it's just kind of like, I understand why, like, it's not that necessary to the rest of the plot of the episode, but it is kind of necessary if you're going to leave everything else in, including Trudy pointing out that he got beat up. Right. So, like, eh, like again, like, I understand why it's cut because it's not that necessary. But at the same time, it's kind of annoying to someone. Like, I just wanted to know. Right. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Uh, we also got a little bit of an inside scoop. This is from TV Line. It's Matt's Inside Lines. So this is Matt Mitovich, right? Yes, I'm pulling it up right now. Yes, I might Matt have Medovich. said his name incorrectly, and I'm really sorry if I did. But yeah, there was a little bit of a Chicago Med scoop, and this is a good scoop. I liked this. Brenda, do you have it up? Yes, I do. Um, So the question was, what are the plans for Chicago Meds, April, and Ethan? Are we going to see some character development for April? Ethan, and then the scoop is, Ethan's pregnant sister, Emily, will continue to escalate problems between him and April. Executive Andrew Schneider teases. Another possible complication, Ethan's ex, Vicky Glass, will reappear in episode 7, the EP reveals to TV line. Meanwhile, Connor's hybrid EROR will have ramifications for all, including April. That embedded OR requires staff and help. It shifts things around a little bit, the nurses portray our Yaya DaCosta explains. There are some new responsibilities that come into play because of that. Vicky's coming back. Yeah. I don't know why, but I'm intrigued. I liked her. But was she really around long enough to, like, I mean, wasn't she only around for, like, two or three episodes and then, like, bye? Yes, but she didn't fuck anything up while she was here, so she can stay in my book. She's cool. That's true. I was just curious if it's really long enough, like, her to, like, call her an ex, but I guess they had sex so (laughs) if you can come into the chicago universe and leave it the way you found it you're okay in my book yeah but we know that's not gonna last for long because it literally says another possible complication in between like ethan and april's issues is gonna be vicky 
Right. So, like, clearly she's about to come in and fuck things up. As most people who come into the universe do. Yeah, that's that's true. That's okay. So the last piece of news we got, this is really interesting. Over on CBS, there is a new Dick Wolf show entitled FBI. I'm sure we all know about it, but... Basically, there was a little bit of news that came out on Wednesday, basically saying that the current showrunner has left and he has been replaced by two very familiar faces to the Chicago universe. Derek Haas and Rick Eide are taking over as the showrunners of FBI. That's awesome. It's very awesome. I'm intrigued, though. I mean, I know we've talked a little bit about, like, what this means. Is it going to stay on CBS? Should it get picked up for a season two? I mean, the article was saying, you know, obviously this is the second time a showrunner stepped down and this is a brand new show. So how does that play out? But it's very exciting for them. And I I mean, we love their work. So I'm very curious to see how it goes. I've only seen like the first part of episode one because CBS, the day I was trying to catch up on it, was deciding, deciding to be an asshat and wouldn't let me go past the first part. And it's not on Hulu because CBS has their own shit going on and I don't want to pay for CBS All Access. So, like, I'm still trying to watch it. But I'm excited. What do you watch on Tuesdays when it's usually on? Well, for the first two weeks, it was Dancing with the Stars. So I watched Dancing with the Stars, of course, because my loyalty is always to Dancing with the Stars. But then, of course, like, I'm not going to just start watching episode three without some context. So so here's the weird thing with FBI, because I'm caught up. I've been watching and I love it, actually. Um, The pilot and I'm just going to say the pilot is shit. The pilot's terrible. I was bored out of my damn mind. So I decided to tune in for episode two, and I'm glad I did, because episode two was a million times better than the pilot. What I liked what I, way. I liked what I saw from the pilot, so I wasn't, it's not that, it's literally just because, like, CBS was trying to be, like, the CBS website was just not working for me the day I was trying to watch it, and it's not on Hulu, because CBS doesn't have anything on Hulu, so I, like, have right. to watch it through CBS. Um, but no, I'm excited for it, it looks good. Um, And I've heard a lot of good things about it, so I'm intrigued. I've already planned out this show's future in my head, like, already. And I've already started shipping the characters with one Chicago people. I'm prepared, so, like, Once I watch it, we'll we'll discuss. Oh, we will discuss. Because I want to hear these headcanon theories of yours. Yeah, it's it's a very good show. Uh, Missy Peregrine and Zico Zaki are the two leads. They play Maggie and O.A., and it's interesting because, I mean, you know, it's it's great to see, of course, it's great to see a female detective at the top of her game. But also, Zico's character, Oa, is, he, he's he's Muslim. And he, for, I mean, and I'm, for once on television, we're seeing a Muslim portrayed as the good guy. And he's, right. he's a military veteran. And it's, they're doing really good things with that show. I watched their build series live and I've watched a couple of other interviews that they've done but especially their build series just because that's a little bit more of an in-depth interview um but yeah I mean they were talking about that and I think that's so cool and so again I'm excited to see it I just literally CBS was being an asshole this weekend online at least (laughs) so but yeah excited for them I'll I mean I'll be curious to see I know I'd have to go back and reread the deadline article to get like exactly how it's gonna work but from my understanding, isn't it the way it's going to work is just because they've already, like, kind of planned out the Chicago stuff for the foreseeable? And obviously, they have a great team of writers and stuff underneath them. Like, that's how they're going to be able to do double duty? 
I think so. I mean, because... I think that's what the article was saying. I'd have to go back and reread it, but... Because Rick is only working on PD, and then Derek's only working on fire. And as long as they have, like, long story plans for the rest of it, I mean, and then occasionally writing an episode in Derek's case, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'll be it, curious to it, see how it goes, and eventually when we have Derek back on, for whatever reason, I'd be, I would love to talk to him more about this. Oh, I would love to see if we could squeak an FBI scoop out of him. <laughs> I would love that because it's a good show. It's a, it's a really good show. Well, so I just far, like so. I'm just curious about the process, like how it works, yeah. and yeah. So yeah, and you've also got Jeremy Sisto. He's on that show as well. Yeah, and Celia Ward just joined the cast too. So, well, I'm only adding that because okay, so Jeremy Sisto, I definitely recognize. He was yeah, in I know him. Entourage was he? No, was he in Entourage? No. Okay. If he was, he wasn't. You're thinking Jeremy Piven. Oh, here we go again. Doesn't doesn't Dwight Howard play for the uh, the Thunder? <laughs> <laughs> that was a great conversation. Oh my goodness, yes. And so, and then um, Melanie texted me the other day, and she was like, "You're watching FBI, and you didn't tell me Seal Award is on it." I'm like, I didn't know that I had to, but okay. He, his like Wikipedia by bio says, um, "Sisto had recurring roles on it's Billy Chen." Chen- Chenoweth on Six Feet Under and as NYPD Detective Cyrus Lupo on Law & Order also starred in the comedy Clueless the biblical television film Jesus the drama 13 blah 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 yeah he keeps a bunch of stuff a bunch of stuff but it's good it's really good so that's really exciting news but yeah that is all we've got news wise um, as always guys if you see something just send it to us uh, you guys are really good about that and we really appreciate when you send us news because a lot of the times we're just like we'll probably have not seen it yet and we're just like oh thank you like that's perfect so yeah you know how to get us news you know the drill so all right shall we jump into the episodes let's do it okay all right so we're gonna start in order I know tonight like we're, we're recapping Wednesday's episodes you know we obviously want to dive right into PD and just like rip up sick to shreds we're not gonna do that we're gonna go in order and I'm just gonna hold it back yeah so we are gonna start off with med so there's a lot of things that play here in this med episode this was a busy episode but it was also really I, I don't it was really like frustrating everybody was out of their damn mind yeah they were um but I I I appreciate this episode because, for the most part, you got to see some different dynamics, which was really refreshing. Like, even though Natalie and Elsa, like, we'll talk about that, but, like, seeing Natalie work with someone that's not Will, that was refreshing. Seeing Connor and Maggie, even though Connor was out of his damn mind, like, I love that pairing and I want more of it, even though, again, Connor was being an asshole last night. But there was just some really refreshing dynamics that I really appreciated. Yeah, that was good. Um, friend of the pod, Jeff Dreyer, wrote this one. Hey, Jeff. So that was good. Um, yeah, so we started off at Pat Halstead's memorial, which was nice, but also odd in certain parts. I don't know. Um, first things first that I want to say is that Nick absolutely rocked that suit he was wearing. I'm just going to shout out that suit because it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty great. It was pretty great. Also, everything was very Irish at this funeral. Did you notice that? Well, isn't I could be wrong. I'm about to Google, but isn't Canaryville an Irish like neighborhood? Probably. I'm googling. That sounds very right to me. But isn't I mean I feel like Chicago just as a city is like a very Irish city. Yeah, like Irish and Italian, if I remember correctly. 
Hold on. Let's see. This is from encyclopediaofchicago.org. Canaryville enjoyed a reputation as one of the toughest neighborhoods, blah, blah, blah. A large... A largely Irish community on the south side adjacent to Bridgeport in the new city community area. It stresses it's from blah, 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 blah. So, uh, yeah, I think historically it was an Irish neighborhood. So that would make sense. I just never really pegged the Halsteads for, like, Irish music and toasts that end in slancha. But I mean, where did Will get his red hair? Like, hello, they've got to have Irish in them somewhere, so... True point. <laughs> touche, touche. <laughs> it didn't come out of nowhere unless he's adopted. So, like. <laughs> oh, goodness. And we'll never know now, though. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll never know now. Uh, yeah. And so Will meets a friend there or something like that. Will ends up making a house call on this old buddy of his dad. And, I mean, okay, you're the medical expert here. Are house calls legal? Okay. I meant to Google this and I didn't. Here's my understanding. I don't think there's anything illegal about, like, a house call, right? Because, what, you ask a doctor for his opinion and, like, to listen to his heart, like, to listen to some guy's heart when he's, like, over, like, I don't think there's anything illegal about that. I think the illegal part is, like, what Will did about, like, obviously, like, you know, taking blood and then, like, you know, like, being secretive but not really like trying to get in results without like like be- the whole under the books thing about that part and like prescribing medicine like that is not legal but I don't think there's anything illegal about like Nick or not Nick Will God <laughs> Will going over this guy's house and like listening to his heart because if that's the case then like sorry my dad definitely did not like mm, that was not okay like the amount of times my dad like listened to me breathe and like you know play like see if I had a broken bone before we went anywhere like come on so I don't think there's like that part is illegal I think it's like the other stuff that Will did about house calls that are illegal we've never seen Will act this way how he was very you know gung-ho and very kind of not force like not forceful what's a better word forward like the way he was with Joey we've never seen him like that ever I mean I think in some ways I think it's him dealing with everything that happened yeah because like you I mean we were having this conversation you know Will was very much projecting last night on like his situation onto this family's situation I don't remember their names so this family and yeah I just think in some weird twisted way like it's his way of dealing with this whole situation like Jay obviously very much was like in his feels and consulting you know the alcohol but that wasn't Will, so. Right, right. And yeah, I mean, he, he was all, Will was all smiles throughout the whole episode last night. And I was like, this is weird for him. So I wonder what's going on. And then, then I realized it's like, okay, he's, yeah, that does sound about right, that he's probably projecting. He, he probably doesn't want this family to lose their father the way he lost his. So weird, but yes. But yes, let's talk about Jay and the way this ended. So the house call went perfectly well and normal and the guy was like oh by the way I run this reception venue that's gigantic and perfect for your upcoming wedding so Will's like cool done awesome great so Will's walking to his car and Jay just flashes the brights at him and looks at him and goes get in the car (laughs) Jay scolded him which is the funniest thing ever yeah sassy Jay is always great 
oh my god that was hilarious and jay's just like get in the car and then will gets in and jay plays in the recording and will's like are you screening my calls now and says it so casually turns out that C- or CPD and the FBI are on this guy's tail for like money laundering, embezzlement, fraud, a ton of like white collar financial crimes. And so Jay just looks at Will and is like, whatever you've got going on with him, stop. And then two seconds later, he's like, go home. <laughs> Jay literally scolded him. It was great. Just like slap on the wrist and like move, go. I thought that was really funny. I really, I really like that scene. I didn't necessarily see that coming, but I also think, especially based on the promo for next week, like this is obviously going to carry on into Will's storyline next week. But I think this, again, like we talked about it, especially with last week's like big crossover, but this is a kind of like subtle crossovers that they're able to do more of now because they're all on the same night. So it just kind of works. And I like, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed that. Like it, it made sense for Jay to be there and for Jay, the one to like come talk to Will. And it just like, it all made sense. It did, yeah. And there was an interview last week after the crossover, or not an interview. Med did a little like Instagram Q and A with Nick, where you could leave a comment and then he would answer. And um, he actually answered one of my questions, which was cool. That was a really funny notification. It was like Nick Gelfus replied to you, and I was like, I'm sorry, he what? <laughs> not a notification you see every day. But somebody asked him if we'll see more Halstead brother scenes this season, and his answer was he was like, Oh, Jay's like an honorary cast member at Med this season, so I think we'll be seeing a lot of that, which is very cool. And just again makes sense yeah makes all the sense yeah it's cool it's very cool so i loved that jay scolded him and i mean knowing will he's gonna be so stubborn in episode four about this whole thing he's gonna be like no it's not that bad it's totally fine i swear oh and then yeah matt do you think he tells natalie about it that's a good question um yeah i think he will do you think then therefore judgy natalie comes out how do you think Natalie reacts to it then? Yes. I Well, I, maybe not judging Natalie, but I think she's going to be like, are you crazy? You went through all this trouble just for a wedding venue? Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I'll be curious to see. Yeah. I think that's what's so interesting about this little arc that we saw in this episode because he was so, Will was so forward and not like we've usually seen him, but all for a wedding venue? Really? But I guess, and again, in the grand scheme of things, like, it's important to him. Yeah, yeah, it is important to him. And I feel like maybe at this point he's going to try to hold on to Natalie tighter now that he's lost his dad. So now the wedding is just going to be of utmost importance. Right. And I almost feel like in this weird, twisted way, because this guy was a family friend, like, this venue just made all, beyond the fact that it was discounted and blah, 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 all that stuff. I think it would have made more sense because, again, remember in episode one, Will was like, I've got the perfect, you know, our childhood church, you know, I want to invite all these, like, people that I knew growing up. And, like, this venue, like, therefore was coming from a guy, you know, who his dad knew and who they had known for his entire life. So, again, in some weird, twisted way, like, it all kind of ties back to, like, Will wanting it to be this perfect wedding that, I mean, to be cliche, that he's dreamed about his whole life. (laughs) <laughs> that he never had. So I don't know. It's just like it all works in some weird twisted way. It does. It does. So we'll, we'll be in we'll be in for an interesting couple weeks with Will and the storyline and how it plays out. So 
Elsewhere in the hospital, we had sex toy and the kidnapped kid. Oh, boy. All right. So this whole situation is just, it got, it, it started crazy and then it got crazier and crazier. And then we were like, oh, shit. Okay. That's how it ends. It was crazy. <laughs> but basically, this father brings his son into the ED. The son can't breathe. He's, I can't remember what health issue he's got, but they find Not out important. that the yeah, the father has a bolo out for his arrest because he kidnapped his son. So that already starts crazy. And so Ethan's like, okay, let's call PD. That's great. And April's like, no, like, we should wait. The son is sick. And Ethan said something is like, Ethan basically said something where he's like, no, that's crazy. And April gets kind of like, not offended, but she gives like her April face, but... Sorry, April. I'm almost always on April's side, but Ethan's right on this one. Like, you got a criminal right there in front of your face? Take him. Well, and then when he kind of changed his mind a little bit and was like, okay, I want him under police, like, surveillance, but, like, can he at least stay, you know, in case his son, you know, something ends up happening. So I was like, oh. Like, I even tweeted this. I was like, oh, you mean Toy has a heart that we haven't seen in, like, the last two weeks? Like, good to know that he's still the same old Ethan. And then it, like, changed again, and I was just like, oh, God, maybe I was wrong. Yeah, and when, when that happened, when Burgess was about to take him away, and then Choi was like, no, like, we should let him stay. I was like, nope, I, no, I'm back on April's side. This is a terrible idea. This is a bad choice. Well, and I wasn't even that. Like, for me, I mean, I was always kind of on April's side. But for me, it was just nice because Ethan had been so, like, so much of an asshole and, like, not really considerate of anyone else's feelings and he was so trying to be, like, by the book about literally every single thing that him showing some sort of sympathy to this father in this moment, I was like, oh, there's Choi. Like, there's the Choi that I actually liked for the past three seasons. Not this, I don't even know what the fuck Choi is doing right now. But, yeah, so I was kind of into it. But then there was something else that happened. I don't really remember exactly what it was. But, like, I was like, oh, no, maybe I was wrong. <laughs> like, he said something else. He was yelling at April, probably. And I was just like, dear God, why? It was very fleeting that, like, we we briefly, for, like, a nanosecond, saw the Choi that we know, and then he was gone. Yeah. He was gone. It, it was, yeah. So then, later on in the episode, Choi is on the phone with Emily, and he, like, I, I guess she microwaved something that, like, caught fire. I don't know. And Ethan's just, like, yelling at her. And so he gets off the phone. April, of course, gets on his case because, like, he's being a dick. Let's just call a spade a spade. And like Troy gets like super defensive. And basically the conversation ends. He just looks at her and he's like, I can't win with you. He's like, I'm not the problem here, April. You are. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, no. No, you're the problem here. Let's just let's just talk about this. Like, you are wrong. You are incorrect. You were just talking down to your sister. That was really rude. Right. It's like no one's trying to tell you what to do. They're just trying to give you advice especially april april's not telling him what to do she's not like hey ethan i think you need to go do this and like you have to go make up with your sister whatever like she's trying to let him be his own person but she's just trying to say hey i'm here for support i think personally that you shouldn't do x y and z but like obviously it's your life it's your choice whatever and he's just taking the wrong he's just being a dick to everybody it's just like that is not the way to help someone when they're just trying to help you. But okay. 
Right, exactly. And I mean, there's there's giving somebody space to let them grow as a person. And then there's also calling somebody out for being a complete asshole. And I feel like that's the territory we're in is the latter is that choice just resorted to being mean and a dick. And it's not constructive. He's just being an asshole. It's bad. It's really bad. So yeah, he gets mad at April. And then then he feels a little bit more compassion, just a little bit. And right before they're about to take the father away, they're just basically like, oh, let's let him go see his son. Oh, let's uncuff him. That is a terrible idea. Yeah, no. That's a really bad idea. At first I was like, okay. And then it just went all, I was like, oh, dear God. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And so, of course, the father grabs a gun. Of course. Of course he puts it to the cop's head. Of course. Of course. And then Choi, like, thinks he's a cop and he's trying to, like, get everybody to stand down. I don't fucking know. And just as that's happening, the father puts the gun to his head and he shoots himself in the head. That came out of left field. Talk about something we did not see coming. I really did not see that coming. And it was funny because I was on Twitter for us um, during the med hour and so Jeff had, like, tweeted a picture of, like, the script and saying he wrote or whatever. And I, like, gave some, like, really – not that I, my second comment was not nice. But I was, like, said something about, like, oh, loving it so far, blah, 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 Connor Maggie, blah, blah, blah. And then – because his tweet had originally said, like, pay attention. It's about to, like – something about like being unexpected or whatever and then I like tweeted him back and I was like holy shit you were not wrong like what the hell although my first thought when he and this is so terrible but like my first thought because that was a terrible episode but my first thought when I saw him with the guy the gun to the security guard's head was the big shooting episode in um Grey's like the iconic Mm -hmm. um season six finale um, and I was just like, oh, God, please don't let it be, like, a shootout episode. Like, I don't need that. And then he killed himself, too. And I was like, what the? Oh, God. I couldn't even imagine that style episode on Med. Yeah, me either. But I think, I mean, and again, I didn't even, it took me a second when I realized, like, for me to realize, too, I was like, oh, shit. Like, he did it because he loves his son so much. And he knew that was going to end up helping the guy or helping his son. Yeah. And it's all because, let's be real, he probably wouldn't have done it if his son could, if he just could have given the kidney directly to his son. Because fucking Gwen. Yeah, that, I feel like Gwen just blocked that just to be difficult. Yeah, because she cares about her statistics. She cares because then... If this guy, you know, because he's going to likely have to go to jail, he's not going to be able to recover fully, so he's probably going to die. And then, if I guess, I, from my understanding from the last two episodes, it's if, you know, if someone, if they operate on someone and they die within 30 days, it gets counted in a statistic. But if they last longer than 30 days, then it wouldn't get counted in statistics. So she just literally cares about making sure people don't die under her watch, which means they can't die within 30 days of care, which is stupid. Like, beyond stupid. So what, you're not going to operate on someone who had a heart attack or heart attack because they probably are going to die if, or they have, like, a better chance of dying on the table? Like, I'm sorry, that just literally makes no sense. Right. And didn't Lanik even have a moment of looking at Gwen and being like, what the hell? 
went wrong? Like, what did we do? Yeah, because Lannick, I think here's the thing. I think Lannick, like, toes the line of not wanting to disappoint Gwen. You know, like, he wants to, you know, he wants to follow the rules because he wants to probably, like, climb the ladder at some point. And I get Mm -hmm. that. But then he also, I mean, to me in this episode, like, he definitely clearly, he has a conscious. Like, he still wants to do medicine and, like, help people. Like, he, like, I think that is probably going to become more important to him. And I'm curious to see, like, how that plays out and what line he continues to tow. But, yeah, he definitely had a moment there where he was like, this is fucked up. He's like, I'm still on your side because I'm not trying to make you angry. But he's like, this is fucked up. Right. Right, and it basically everything that Gwen was trying to avoid happened anyway, so. Yeah. Didn't work in her favor. I keep wanting to, what is Gwen's last name? Garrett. I, because of the double alliteration with Gwen Garrett and Heather, I'm going to say her last Headley. name. Headley. Headley. I keep wanting to, like, in my mind, whenever I go to tweet something about Gwen, I'm like, Heather Headley. And I'm like, nope, that is the actress. Never mind. What is this character's name? It takes me forever to remember it. And I don't know why. I know the actress, though, but I can never remember Gwen. Like, ever. I am so ready for a scene between Gwen and Connor because they're both such heavy hitters on Broadway. Like, I need a scene where all the doctors get drunk together and Connor and Gwen just start, like, singing something. I don't I don't know. We've had so much turmoil in the past three weeks that, like, I'm just like, I need happy scenes. Like, Funny scenes. That's yeah, just... let's have a karaoke night at Molly's. Okay, thanks, bye. Yeah, a Broadway night at, at Molly's. Yes, please. Yes. Brett's favorite musical is probably Rent. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I haven't even gotten to listen to it, but Colin Donald's on one of my favorite Broadway podcasts this week, and I'm very excited. Is it Broadwasted? Mm-hmm. Which is, like, the best name for a Broadway podcast. That's fantastic. It's really funny. Um, but yeah, he's on it this week and I just haven't gotten a chance to listen to it yet. So yeah, that is Sex Toy and the Kidnapped Kid. And hopefully Choi's going to mellow out. I wish I knew what they were doing with him this season. I really don't like the direction they're taking him in. He's just being straight up mean. Yeah. I'll be curious to see how this all unfolds and if he continues to fall down a dark hole. And yeah, and how Vicky's going to play into it and the whole thing. Right, right. So, elsewhere, we also had Natalie, Elsa, and the pregnant couple. Okay, so the minute they got in this treatment room and we found out that it was a pregnant woman and, you know, an ectopic pregnancy, I was like, oh, we are going to see peak Natalie tonight. Peak Natalie. And we did. She wasn't as bad as I thought she was going to be. Yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought. It wasn't without reason though i feel like everything i mean natalie obviously like we'll talk about it like chastised like was very you know chastising elsa but like it was kind of warranted so my whole thing though is i'm very curious and i really want i've seen i saw a lot of it on twitter last night especially because i was on twitter for the med episode but nobody seems to like elsa and i get it I think I'm, and we were talking about this last night, I think I'm very indifferent to Elsa just because I love Molly Bernard so much, and this is such a different role for her that I'm like, okay. Like, I don't hate her. I mean, I don't love her, but I don't hate her either. So I'm just like, okay. But I love Molly. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. You know, we need to do an, you know the episode we did on Night Shift? We need to do one for Younger. 
Yeah, we should at some point. Just recommend it to everybody because it's a really good show. But yeah, yeah I'm, I guess, I'm the same I like, way. I texted you and I was like, I guess Chicago Med fans aren't younger fans. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because I see her and like Elsa does crazy shit, but I'm still just like, oh, I love Molly and I love seeing her on Chicago Med. So it doesn't phase me. So we basically find out that it's an ectopic pregnancy. And for those of you who don't watch Grey's and did not see that episode with Christina, um, it's a pregnancy outside of the uterus. So this one just happened to implant itself on her heart. No big deal. On, just, yeah, her vena cava. And I was like, oh, nope, nope. Okay. Nope. Even I know that's bad. No, no. But then when they're explaining to her, they're like, yeah, so it implanted itself on your vena cava. We need to do surgery to get this off, blah, blah, blah. They basically breeze over the fact that, like, you can't have this baby. But the surgery will be really good. They, like, they deliver this, like, giant blow and just keep on going on like it's no big deal. Like, no big deal. You can't have your baby and we need to cut you open to remove it. Moving on. I'm yeah. like, hey, hey, like, Natalie of all people knows that in this moment, like, maybe we should be a little bit more compassionate. Yeah. The whole Elsa, yeah, just a little bit more. We don't need to be there, but, like, you have to, good bedside manners are a big part of being a doctor. So you got to get to it at some point. Yeah. And this this Elsa and Natalie dynamic is interesting because I feel like Elsa's kind of mellowing Nat out. Interesting. Like, like Go Nat, on. Nat. Nat has to tone it down around Elsa because she, you know, she's basically trying to, I don't know, like, I got the vibe in this episode that Elsa is a mini Natalie. She's like a mini Manning. And so Nat kind of has to tune, like, has to tone it down because she's trying to train Elsa and mold her into a doctor. And she can't really show her, like, the extreme ways just yet. She has to show her, you know, this is how, this is how you doctor correctly, appropriately. I mean, honestly, I understand that Natalie has to show her, like, their, like the correct, like, that is the point. Like, she's supposed to be a teacher. She's supposed to show Elsa the correct ways of teaching. But do you think that it's a conscious choice that Natalie is like, okay, well, I'm going to do it this way at first, and then I'm going to, like, show her, you know, kind of where you can toe the line and, like, you know, flub the rules a little bit here and there? Or is that just, like... Mm-hmm. The way it's, like, so embedded in Natalie that Natalie doesn't even think that she's doing anything wrong at that point. So she's not – I don't know. Like, I don't – I don't know. I definitely agree that Elsa is supposed to be most like Natalie. Like, that connection was made very clear to me. But I don't know – I don't know. For me, I just don't – Natalie never sees herself as doing anything wrong So I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I can't really explain what I'm thinking. But I do agree that Natalie – is that def- Natalie is definitely supposed to be like the original version of Elsa. I think it's a conscious decision. I think she's, yeah, I mean, it's a conscious decision. I think she doesn't realize, I think Natalie doesn't realize the lengths that she goes to when she goes to them. But I think when she's trying to train a new doctor and mentor them, I think it's a conscious decision to train them appropriately. Well, no, that I agree. But do you think there will? Let's put it this way. Do you think there will be a time? Because like you said, Natalie doesn't realize the lengths that she goes to and the things that she does, and she doesn't realize they're wrong. So because she doesn't realize that, do you think there will be a point in time when she is teaching Elsa that she will teach her that because she doesn't even realize it is a thought to her? I think she will, yeah. There will be a point where she strays from the normal path, and then I think she'll realize it, and then she'll explain to Elsa, like, this is why this happened. Interesting. And I think... 
maybe you're right, just because I feel like Dr. Charles is going to be there to counteract everything. Because he's so by the book, and he's so, you know, this is the way it's got to be done. He's yelled at both interns already, like. Yeah, let's talk about Dr. Charles a little bit, because, you know, of course he was on the case, because this woman didn't want the surgery. And Elsa and Nat were both like, you'll die if you don't have the surgery. So Dr. Charles tried to talk to her about it. And at the end, basically, Elsa didn't read a fetal heartbeat on the monitor. And that's what made the woman agree to go into surgery. But it was in surgery that they realized that the fetus did have a heartbeat the whole time. So Dr. Charles almost immediately accused her of hacking the machine. Yes, but I think it, and I understand where that's wrong. Like, obviously, like, you shouldn't immediately jump to conclusions about that for anybody. But at the same time, I think he's been around the sun long enough to know that what, like, to have seen her react to certain things, like, earlier in the episode, and then just put two and two together. But that's because it's also him, right? Like, he is, like, he works in um, psychiatry. Like, he his job is to study people and their intentions and their inflictions and the way they act. So like when he caught her at that table in the cafeteria and was like examining her for lack of a better word. Um, and like the way she acts and the way she studies and whatever, I don't think it was that hard for him to put two and two together that that's what she probably did. But to hack the machine, that's a lot of effort. You don't think she did that not to hack the machine, but that she lied. No, I definitely think that she may have lied. I'm not going to out and say that, oh, yeah, I think she lied. I just don't think she hacked the machine. She was no. My only my thought here is why I don't think she hacked the machine. I definitely think she lied, though. I definitely think she lied in that. I don't remember exactly what the medical situation was. The. I'm going to get the, that there was no viable heartbeat anymore, I think, is what mm-hmm. was happening in this scene. So I don't think, I think she lied and there probably was. But here's my thing is why else then would she react? Or why else would she have asked the question about not, about when they could do surgery? Because that was the only way the mom, the woman was going to let them do surgery if there was no longer a viable heartbeat. That's, yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm surprised that Nat wouldn't double check it. I think at some point you have to, I mean, maybe not at this point, but I think at some point you have to come to a point where you're training doctors that like you have to, you know, they're doctors, they're gonna be doing this for themselves. And like, that's something simple as like checking heartbeats that like, I don't know. I don't know. But. Right. No, I'm with you. But I still think Dr. Charles reacts a little harshly to this to just flat out accuse her and then he's like I'm gonna check all of your records and this is gonna happen and that's gonna happen and then he straight up yells at her at one point there was a lot of yelling in this episode that I did not appreciate I was like can everybody just calm the fuck down for like a second yeah just but I mean I think she may have lied I just think that the way Dr. Charles went about it was probably not the best yeah I, I agree. I definitely don't think the way Dr. Charles went about it was the best, but I don't think he was wrong either. And I do think she lied about it. I mean, if she didn't, though, what is the like? What is the point of the storyline if she didn't? Also true. Like, what is the point of the storyline? What is the point of her? 
asking the question, like, what is the point of it? And maybe, mm-hmm. again, that is just, like, my TV brain, like, knowing too much about, like, how storylines work and, like, how things usually follow through. But, like, what is the point otherwise? Exactly. No, that's true. That's a good point. For us to see that she is going to be probably, like, very much like Natalie. Okay, that's great. But, like, not really the point of this episode or that storyline. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, I feel like for the two of us, it's going to take a lot to make us hate Elsa because younger. But. Right. Agree. It's going to take me a lot just because, again, Molly, I have Molly colored glasses on. Um, Same. Which is either good or bad, but I have Molly colored glasses on and I'm not sorry about it. Yeah, yeah. So if you ever need a comedy to like take your mind off the crazy drama in the world and on TV, watch Younger. It's good. Yes. Thank us later. Um, side note, you know what I started this week? I started Golden Girls and I love it. That's so funny. I started Greek this week because it's finally Is on that Hulu. Good? What? Is it good? It's really good. Uh, you don't even want to know how far I am and how much I, I'm kind of almost done. So yeah. How many seasons? four and the last season's 10 episodes oh i'm not no that i'm not judging at all that's, i'm like and I'm, not, I'm like in the middle of, i'm like 315 316 something like mm-hmm. that so not terribly still have like 15 episodes judging. left yeah that's but good. it's good it's good it's good <laughs> so elsewhere lastly in the hospital we've got to talk about connor this was a peak Connor episode and by peak Connor I mean I wanted to punch him (laughs) yeah Connor was yeah no now on a positive side I will say that he had some severite eye moments where like the camera caught him and it was just like boom blue eyes in your face and that was nice but otherwise he was a dick this entire episode well and it's funny because you your thought your like side good note was that like he had like some severed eyes moment and my like good side note was I was like I actually was like very not into Ava but like I was very much on her side this whole episode Uh, when she like called him out I'm looking for the specific line but I was like oh my god I was like hell yes oh yeah no I absolutely agreed with her this episode too when she gave him a tongue lashing at the end and I was like thank you for saying exactly what the fans have been saying for like two seasons now yeah hold on I'm like I know I tweeted. Oh, she was like, yeah, she's like, what I can't stand is you willing to like basically destroy your program in service to your arrogance and your ego. And I was like, hell yes. You tell that motherfucker like, yes, out, Connor. He he got that like that crazy gung ho look in his eye again. Yeah. Oh, I know the look. Yeah. The look. The look. So basically the gist of it. Patient comes in. They've got to open him up. This is the guy with the aortic dissection. Yeah. Okay. My, my limited medical knowledge from television tells me that an aortic dissection is very bad, okay? In real life, that is what killed John Ritter. True story. Yeah, no, I um, know. But on Grey's Anatomy, I clearly remember an episode where Meredith lost a patient to an aortic dissection. And basically, every time his heart pumped blood, it would, like, tore even more. So it, it's, like, really effing bad. But... Connor basically gets that look in his eye and he's like, surprise, bitches, we're opening the OR. And Maggie's like, no, we're not. It's a brand new team. It's a brand new everything. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, kind of confuses me. I'm like, what do you mean this is a brand new team? These people have never been in an OR before. Like, surely they know the dance. I don't know. I don't know as much about nurses. I'd have to ask. But my understanding is that 
if you're not a like if you're not trying to become like a surgical nurse, like I don't think you would have touched an OR. Like I think there's a very clear difference between like just like there's specialties, there's specialties within nursing. So if you aren't like studying the surgical path, like I don't think you would have touched an OR. I could be completely wrong about that. Mm-hmm. And I'd have to Google it. Because, like, I know, like, my friend's boyfriend's in nursing school right now. He's getting ready to finish. And so I'm, I know he's done, like, rotations within different, like, fields, like, pediatrics and oncology and all that stuff. But I don't think he's, I mean, I don't think he's ever touched an OR. Like, I don't think that's a thing if you're not trying to become, like, an OR nurse. Like, I think that's a very different type of study. Mm-hmm. So, okay. yeah, yeah, like, if Maggie didn't touch it, if Maggie just did all the other kinds and then, like, ended up in the ER, then, like, I don't think she would have touched an OR. I think I think she could handle it enough, like, in an emergency like this. Like, obviously she did. But not to become, like, a full-time job. She probably doesn't feel as confident in that. Again, I would need to do more research. That's true. That's here. So... Maggie does scrub in. Connor gets her to scrub in, which I think is great because I'm like, cool, Connor and Maggie working together. This is awesome. Like another duo that we haven't seen. This sounds really good. Until Connor starts yelling at her too. I'm just. But the thing I love about this, not that I think it's right for Connor to yell at her because I didn't, especially in this moment, but Maggie isn't one to like let hit, like let that affect her. She's going to throw it right back. And that's why I love that pairing and I'm okay. Not that I want her to stop being a charge nurse because, like she said, that's kind of a demotion to go from charge nurse to OR nurse. But I would love to see her do it just because if anyone's going to challenge Connor that's not Ava, it's Maggie. Mm -hmm. Like any probably even more so than Ava because Maggie's known him longer and Maggie can throw it right back at him. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Granted, last night when he yelled at her in the OR, she – she kind of knew what was up. She was like, all right, you heard the man. Let's do this. But yeah, I mean, I think she'll she'll probably throw it right back at him outside the OR and be like, don't ever talk to me like that again. Yeah. So if they were to continue with this idea and this story, like, I'd be okay with it. But I, I don't yeah. know if they will. Yeah, that'll, that'll be... That's another question that I had, too, because she basically pointed it out. She, like you said, she's like, that's a demotion. And Connor was just like, cool, think about it. I really hate when he gets like that and just starts acting like entitled almost that he's like, I don't care. Join my team. I'm Connor. Well, yeah. I mean, he thinks, you know, because obviously like he was getting ready to go to Mayo, like Mayo wanted him. He was about to go. And then obviously this is his project that he chose to stay for that. He can kind of do whatever he wants because he was about to go to Mayo and Mayo is 10 times better and blah, 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 you know, like all the shit. But like, dude, you didn't actually make it there. Like, you chose to stay back for a reason. Like, you can't just be an asshole to everyone around you because you got what you wanted even though it wasn't originally what you thought you wanted. Yeah, he's got a big ego. And it's not a good look. Yeah, maybe he should have gone to Mayo. Uh, no, because I, um, I want Colin to stay. But, like, maybe he should have gone to Mayo. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But, um... Going back to Maggie for a second, I mean, there really is nothing this woman cannot do. No. As soon as she was like, when Connor was like, you could have to scrub in, and Maggie was like, huh? And then she was like, she ended up doing it. I was like, fuck, yes, Maggie. Hell yeah. Yeah. We She she just needs to, like, don her superhero cape and then just, like, fly away. She's just, there's, I, I mean, her. there's nothing this woman cannot do. 
It's fantastic. The ASL last week in the, not in the crossover, in the premiere. I thought for sure that was something Marlin had already known, but no, she had to learn. Yeah. There, Marlin, and there's nothing that Marlin slash Maggie cannot do. It's mind-blowing. It's awesome. But yeah, after after the operation, I was really surprised that Maggie was just like, that was fun. I was like, no, no, do not let him off the hook for being insane and reckless. Like, she just kind of let it roll like it was no big deal because they got the job done. I was like, stop acting like the way Connor acts is okay. Yeah, no. So yeah, we've got Connor. Although, honestly, I think I'm way more annoyed at Ethan than I am at Connor right now. Just because, just because as annoying as it is, this isn't unexpected from Connor. It is unexpected from Ethan. Right. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But yeah, any other notes on Med? Mm, No, I think that's it. I'm excited for next week's episode. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm just excited to see Will go up against Voight and lose horribly and Jay just laugh about it. That's going to be nuts, but yes. So, all right, moving into Fire. This was a normal episode of Fire, thank God, because I think we earned it. Yeah, it was just very chill for the most part. I was like, okay, I'm here for this. Mm-hmm. I can work with this. It's not like horribly gut-wrenching and emotional. Nobody's getting dangerously injured cool this is fine this is fine so we start with the stellarides being adorable of course but i was really surprised to see that stella is still living in herman's garage it didn't surprise me because i mean she moved out from the i cannot think of the word right now the loft that's the word i was looking for from the loft for a reason so like i don't know it doesn't surprise me that just because i mean like it doesn't surprise me that just because they're in a relationship doesn't mean that Stella doesn't want it to, like, you know, take a moment and, like, right. progress back to living together. That's true. That's true. Um, the very first joke right off the bat, I it took me a second, and then I lost it. I was like, that's funny. The best well played. thing ever. Because she's like, oh, yeah, like, how do I look? You know, like, you tell me, like, how do I look? And he's, like, breathtaking. She's like... Was that a lung joke? And he's like, well, what if it was? <laughs> so good. It definitely took me a second. I was like, breathtaking. They're being so sweet. And then Stella's like, is that a lung joke? I was like, oh, I missed that. That's funny. That yeah. is funny. Thank God for Fire doing the comedy that they do. Because they do it so well. Yeah, I know. They really do. Yeah, and so they get to the firehouse. Bowden wants Stella on light duty just for a day. But it's not really Bowden's decision. It's more gorsh. Yeah. But we also saw Chloe again. Thank God. I love this so much already. Oh, she's adorable. So far. So far. Don't jinx it, Gina. I'm not jinxing it. I'm being realist about it. Like, you know, people tend to come into 51 and fuck shit up. Okay. Lily did not. No, that's true. Lily did not. Hope did, though. Yes. Mm, yeah but anyway what is their ship name so far her and cruise i threw out some hypotheticals last night so we've got cruise with a ch but that's the same pronunciation so i'm not too crazy about that we've got crowy eh. there's clues c-l-u-z or c-h-l-u-z better i'm thinking 
Clues. I kind of like Clues, but that's... I feel like if it's anything, it's going to be Crowy. Which, you know. You got Crowy or, like, Crewy? There's, there's... Yeah. There's a couple of different options. Or Cruzy, but I think that's... Nah. I like Crewy. Or, yeah, I like Crowy. I like Clues, but if I have to go... Uh, Crowy's fine. But yes, but aside from the fact, I love them, and I'm very excited to see her again. Yeah, oh, they're super cute. And then when she brought the cake pops, and then Otis was, like, spying on them, oh, that was great. Oh, my favorite thing is so, like, when he goes to her office, and, like, apparently, obviously, she, like, it impacted her enough, and she thinks very highly of him, because she, like, has spread it all over her whole office. But, like, when he shows up, and he's like, I'm here to see Chloe, and he doesn't know her last name, he's like... She's like, oh, or the desk attendant's like, oh, you're Cruz with the, or you're the guy with the good smile. She's like, let me get her. And then, like, everyone's, like, <laughs> peeking out at their conversation. It's so funny. Yeah, I like where this is headed. They, they've got something really cute to work with. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, really, really excited for that. They're, they're super, super cute. Um, we had the Mouch and Ritter storyline. I love this storyline. Is- same. same. I really love so. this. I don't know what I thought. I think it was kind of obvious from the crossover just because of the amount of significance they gave to it and the amount of weight they gave to those scenes that it was going to be something that continued on. But it, I wasn't really sure in what capacity. But I really love the, like, the way they're taking it. And it's so clear. Like, Ritter's going to end up on Engine 51. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. And I mean, Daniel Kyrie, the actor who plays him, he's been in all the behind the scenes videos. Right. Or he's on, really fun. He, or on Truck or whatever. He's going to take Herman's place on Truck. Whatever he is going to, like, he's going to end up at in our firehouse. Which is cool with me because he seems really cool. And I love, like, the mentoring aspect of this, that it's like an older firefighter kind of guiding a young one along because you know, we haven't really seen see that. that. We haven't seen, I yeah. mean, we've had, like, inklings just from, like, the fact, especially last season with Severide and Grissom, that, like, Severide especially has had some mentors along the way. But we've never actually seen it play out. And I really mm-hmm. love seeing this play out. Yeah. Things I didn't know I wanted out of the season, but now that I have it, I'm like, give me more. Yeah, and speaking of that, that's actually a really good segue into the biggest bit of news that we got in this episode. Herman got a promotion. I did not see that coming. Like, at no. all. At all. And I missed, Derek had been tweeting through, on like, earlier yesterday. He was like, oh, he was like, big changes coming to 51, blah, 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 blah. I missed those tweets somehow. Did not see a single one of them. And so I had no idea that this was coming. I just thought they were going to, I didn't think they were going to announce that Jennings was going to take over because, like, fuck that guy. But I didn't, I didn't <laughs> know who they were going to announce. But I did not see that coming. I'm very happy with that decision same I'm very happy with it and I'm very happy they were able to keep it a surprise because usually you hear these hints and you're you're pretty quickly able to deduce what's happening so I'm really glad that we had no idea that was happening I'm very curious though I'm very curious though and logistically how this is going to work because we've always talked about you didn't even know that there was an engine company at this at 51 until I was discussing this last week but I'm assuming that means that they're going to make an effort to, like, show that Engine is going out on whatever calls because her, that's where Herman comes in. That they're not going to, like, shy away from that anymore. Because obviously, up until now, it's always just been, like, occasionally Bowden going out on calls 
and then squad and truck. But now I guess they're going to make a more concerted effort to show that engine is also going out so that they can keep obviously David Eigenberg around. Yeah, I would, I would think so. I would assume so, but I'll be curious to see how that works. And I'm happy they finally found a way to actually promote him instead of having him just kind of like stand around when he could be a lieutenant, but doesn't want to be. Yeah. I'm excited. There was also that really good scene when Herman basically just like went into Bowden's office and totally just like leveled with him. And he was like, truthfully, with all due respect, this is your pride talking. Because I love the way that Herman's able to connect with him as a person. Yeah. I love that friendship so much. It's so perfect. It was so, so But speaking of Bowden's pride and like who he didn't end up selecting, like what the fuck was Gorsh thinking when he suggested that his fucking brother-in-law take over? Like, come on. You knew he was that, thinking nepotism. But, like, you knew... He had to have known that 51 doesn't just take shit from anybody and that they were going to find... That Bowdoin was going to do some digging and that it was going to come out. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, granted, I think it helps a little bit that Jennings turned out to not be an asshole. He was actually a cool dude. It just kind of sucks that he's yeah. his brother-in-law. Agreed. But, yeah, no, Gorsh was definitely thinking nepotism. He's crazy and... Really annoying. He's, he honestly, we haven't even finished him, like, this storyline yet. And, like, he honestly is probably the worst one we've had. He's pretty annoying. You know, Derek asked a trivia question while the shows were airing. And he was like, name three chiefs who have given 51 grief. And I could only name two. Who did so, you name? So we got Grissom and Pridgen. And I couldn't think of a third. Can you think of a third? Oh, Wells. Is he a chief, though? Welch wasn't a chief. He was a lieutenant. Oh, shit. Okay. So, yeah. Pridgen. See, I can think of other... Did Chief Hatcher give them grief? Hatcher. Which one was Hatcher? See, I don't even... the one who... I don't even know, because I just know the name, but I can't... Hold on. Is he the one who recruited Gabby to Puerto Rico? Hold on a second. No, I... (laughs) Hold on. Chief Hatcher, Chicago Fire. Let's see what comes up. Um, oh, he's the paramedic chief. Never mind. Not what I'm thinking of. What was that guy? So, yes, he is the one that recruited Gabby to Puerto Rico. What is the chief that came in for, like, a day? For, like, 20, not even a day. For, like, 12 hours. Like, the first morning shift while Bowden was out. And ends up being the one that suggests Casey, that, like, kind of was annoying, but ends up being the one that suggests Casey for, um, Chief. Or oh, whatever. Shit. Captain Casey, not Chief. Because there's been a lot what of, like, random... Name? Did Derek tweet out the answer? He may have. We gotta brush up on our trivia. I know. I'm about to go see if Derek... Give me a second. Did Derek tweet out the answer? Derek, where is your Twitter? Let's see. Because I'd be curious to know. <laughs> You'll probably like this. Derek tweeted out a gif of Misha Collins um, with, is Misha Collins on Supernatural? Is he in the FBI? Is his character FBI? And not officially. He's an angel, but well, basically Sam and Dean and Cass will so like, it's like to be the FBI badge. Agents. It's like the FBI badge, like upside down, and then someone snatching it and like turning it right side up as like I guess his way oh. of acknowledging the um, 
the news. Yeah. Where is this? Oh, there it is. <laughs> Where is this Twitter? I saw the Twitter question. Where is the Twitter question? So I can find the there. I don't see the answer, but maybe there is. But anyway, coming, not not important. But yes, I cannot think of any. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep looking. We'll keep looking. Out, but yeah. Um, what did you think of the call with Severide and the kid Mason? It was, I mean, it didn't surprise me that there was going to probably be another side to the story and mm-hmm. that Sever because we all know Severide is like a wannabe intelligence member deep down inside and that he loves playing detective any chance he gets. But I also knew like Severide was going to do what his gut told him was best for the kid. Like he didn't care about the like petty divorce politics and stuff. Like if it was whatever he found to be the right story that did the most good for the kid was what he was going to say. Yeah, and he, he really did do a little bit of everything last night. Like, he didn't cut the metal pole out of that kid's leg until they were at med. And then, of course, he was, you know, Kelly. And then he did some more police work. I was like, all right, Kelly, just a little bit of everything tonight. I'm cool with this. Like, Dr. Kelly, Lieutenant Kelly, Detective Kelly. I can work with this. Yeah. No, but my favorite thing was when you were like, yeah, Kelly loves Stella and kids, but he hates lawyers. And I was like, Probably because Renee ruined them for him, but... Yeah, yeah. Well, Renee, and then... He just needs to stop sleeping with lawyers, really. Because there was Renee. Mm -hmm. And then there was the girl. And the only thing I remember, she was in his, like, anger management class. Was it Tara? I don't think that was her name. But do you know which one I'm talking about? I do, I do. She was in the anger management class, and then, like... At one point, she, like, wears this hockey jersey, and someone was – I don't remember who made the comment. Oh, it must have been Gabby. Like, someone made the comment, and she's like, oh, well, he doesn't let anyone just sleep in his hockey jersey. And I was like, fuck off. We know this isn't Severide's <laughs> love of his life. Like, fuck off. Yeah, and that's funny that you say that because I had a couple moments last night where I was like, man, I am so glad that we are in season seven and that Kelly has grown as much as he has. Because there were so many moments where he was sitting with his mom in the waiting room. And if this were season two or three, I would have been screaming at the TV and been like, don't you dare sleep with her. But I didn't have to worry about that in season seven because he's happy with Stella and he doesn't seem to sleep around Chicago anymore or hasn't recently. Yeah, it's so great. Also, side note, like I'm case, Derek definitely deleted his tweet about the trivia question. Like, it is not there. It still happened. It so. still happened. And the answer is still something we should find out. Yeah, yeah. But we also had the picnic, which was super cute. It's so nice to see them having happy moments and, like, playing around and goofing off. And I love the bonding cool. moments. We got a Cindy Harmon sighting. Yes, not a long enough, but yes, always. Yes. Just more Cindy. Wonder, more Cindy, all the time. I wonder if we'll get, I don't know, I feel like there should definitely be a scene of her doing something for him now that he's gotten his promotion. Promotion, yes, yes. I love Cindy. More Cindy, please. All the time. She's fantastic. But yeah, Um. do we have any, oh, what about the call with the guy stuck in the sarcophagus? That was pretty funny. Is that what that was? Oh, the magi- Yeah. I like it. I saw it happening and I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so, is it Michael O'Shea, the name of the guy who wrote this? It's Michael something. I'm so sorry it escapes me right now. And I only know that because I was following him on Twitter last night. And he tweeted out, he's like, any excuse for a case with a sarcophagus, I will take. I was like, okay, that's fine. 
and there's like fireworks shooting out of it and stuff that was hilarious and apparently that actor is like a famous magician in chicago or something you are right it was michael o'shea i don't know <laughs> i just found the guy on twitter about it but oh let me go back yeah. to derek's twitter but yeah probably hold on a second Let's see. I want to say his name was like something Kwong. I could. Oh be, yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. I definitely saw that on Derek's Twitter. David Kwong. Hold on. Oh, he's a magician. Yeah, magician in North. His bio on Twitter: magician in New York Times crossword constructor. Oh, and he's a producer. Oh. He's a producer or was a producer on Deception ABC, which makes sense. And puzzle consultant on Blind Spot. I don't think that's probably cool. a real title, but. Something he has something to do with Blind Spot, but yeah, he was a producer on Deception. Did you ever watch Blind Spot? I've never seen either one of those shows. So on Blind Spot, she's got all the tattoos on her body, and every tattoo is basically a tip for a case. And so I guess that's what that has to do with. That's cool. He has a cool job. Yeah, but but that case was really funny and as as the case escalated i was like laughing more and more how like the fireworks were going off and then casey's like are you okay in there and she's like he can't hear you he's gagged and like all these different things were happening like the fire extinguisher won't work eric lasalle directed last night um he did fire i think because david kwong posted a picture and of a guy that very much looks like eric and said here's our fearless director eric looking concerned about my well-being and it's like not really a whatever but i'm about to google this hold on all the googling today all the googling today i know uh keep talking though i'll I'll find this in a second i mean that's really all i've got for fire unless you had any other notes about it oh no wrong there's a guy whose name is also eric that looks a lot that kind of looks like him whose last name i'm about to butcher Lainouville, Lane, there is definitely French, and I'm definitely never studied French. Lainouville, L A N E U V I L L E. Okay, but it looks like him, and like I said, so I was wrong. Not Eric LaSalle. <laughs> I try. Yeah. <laughs> um. Do we have any other notes about fire? I don't think so. Like you said, it was very. I mean, it was just like a normal fire episode. It was. Good. I, I needed that. I'm, cool. I'm so glad it was a normal tame fire episode. We did need that. Very much to needed that. a little bit. And also to prep us for PD, which we're going to get into here now. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Are we ready? Let's just do it. Okay. All right. So um, first things first, I will just start off by saying that the opening scene kind of ruined the whole episode for me. Not really ruined it, but it diverted my attention so that... I didn't want to focus on the case. I couldn't focus on the case. I didn't give a shit about the case. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about a little bit before this. Like, it's hard for me, like, not because of of stuff, although that was not, it was harder to watch than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. It was just harder for me to focus just because, like, this episode is from 10 to 11, and, like, I start losing focus just in general because I start getting tired, or slightly tired. But, yeah, this definitely... It's funny because we had talked about it even last season and I had said, and I admit that I said this, that I would not mind an upstick hookup beyond that. And I think if this had just been the first scene and like nothing else, I probably could have been okay. But then the end happened and I was like, nope, I'm good. I did not need to see that. 
we're good. Because, again, I, if it was one night and one night only, and they had just woken up in bed, I think I could have handled that. But then the end happened, and I was like, no. I just wasn't happy with any of it. And we'd been talking throughout the week about, you know, and I kept saying, I'm like, if this episode starts with Haley waking up in Adam's bed, like, I'm going to throw shit. And that's exactly what but happened. But it seems so, I mean, like, at that like, I think we all, if you, I mean, if you watch the crossover, I think we all knew. It couldn't have just been, like, one work friend looking out for the other and going out for a drink of, like, oh, my God, our friend almost died. Like, let's just be there for each other. It had to end in sex. I mean, I I understand that. I, I agree. But I think in TV world, a lot of times what happens, and pro- I mean, in real life, too, is when, you know, two people have a lot to drink. And they are two very attractive people. It just it, it just happens sometimes. Not all the time. Doesn't mean it has to happen all the time. But sometimes it does. I mean, when I have a lot to drink, I just go to sleep. Right. I I do too. That's like what I want to do. But I'm not. But sometimes that is not everyone's case. Sometimes it encourages people to hook up. I just want to start thinking of situations. Like I just kind of want to start analyzing data and being like how many situations on tv do not end in sex because i'm starting to feel like almost every situation ends in sex like med exploded dossie had sex um halstead shot that little girl by accident in 501 he had sex with camilla like i just i I don't know i think i'm just i'm a little bitter about this this hookup and i think i'm like still kind of getting all those emotions out of my system here's where i think i'm honestly more upset about it is I'm more upset because of the buildup that it happened that maybe this would be a Berzik episode. I think if I hadn't had that in the back of my head, I don't think, again, I think I could have handled, I still didn't like the ending, but I think I could have handled this a little bit better. Because once that happened, I was like, oh, right, well, towards the end, we're going to have some sort of, like, actual resolution to Berzik. And then it didn't happen, and then there was, like, ten minutes left, and I was like, well, shit, this isn't actually happening. Especially because... At no point in the episode did Burgess and Ruzik ever have a conversation. If they had had a conversation at some point, I would have been like, oh, okay, well, maybe that's still going to happen. Mm-hmm. But there was just like one, just because of the build up to that. And I think if it had been one thing too, if it, Marina had just like in response to that tweet just said 603 and like left it at that, again, that's one thing. But then like all these preview episodes were like, having Marina tease the episode and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, in the end, I was more frustrated about that than the upstick stuff. Yeah, and I'm I'm not usually one to get on the writer's case and be like, they messed up because, like, this is their job. I'm not going to sit there and, like, tell them how to do their job or be an armchair expert. I did not mean to just drop the title of Dak Shepard's podcast, (laughs) which is also really good, by the way. I don't know why I just did that, but, like, yeah, I mean, I'm if I were if I was doing my job and somebody who had like no experience in my field was over my shoulder being like, you're doing a great job or you're doing a terrible job, I'd be like, fuck off and get out. So I'm not one to do that. But with that said, however, I feel like this move is a little tone deaf on their parts. Well, and I love that. I mean, did you read the Patrick interview with Emily? Did that I sent you? Yes. So I love yes. that he said like his he was like his first response was like when the writers told him about not just that 
Berzik wasn't happening, but that Upsick was happening, was that, like, we were all worried that people were going to be pissed off. And he was like, the writers were like, oh, quit worrying about that. But, like, he said, he's like, well, no, like, it's the fan show as much as it is ours at that point. And I love that he recognizes that. It doesn't surprise me that he recognizes yeah. that, but I love that he recognizes that. Same, same, because that's definitely something that the writers did not pay attention to this go around. And I'm not saying that writers should always cater the show to the fans. I just feel like we've been dragged along for so many seasons with Berzik now. I agree with that. and But I agree that there's just... I don't know what it looks like, but I think if they had really wanted to introduce this, there was a better way they could have gone about it. Like, if there had been some kind of build-up to a hookup of, like, besides them just, like, fighting at each other, but, like, some flirting and, like, worked up and then they had a hookup, I, again, I don't think fans would have, I still don't think fans would have liked it, but I think people wouldn't have maybe as been as angry about it. Because for right now, like you said, like, all we see is, like, they were yelling at each other for, like, 601 and 602, and then he comforts her at the end of 602, and they go get drinks, and then it hook, and then they hook up. But I think if they had been building up to that hookup, maybe they would have had a little different fan reaction. I don't know if that's the case, but they might have. I just think they could have gone about it. If this is the way they had wanted to go, I think they could have gone about it very differently. But what's the point of having these two hook up? And see, that's the thing is, I think it's so far out of left field that, like, we're sitting here and we're like, what's the point? Because we, besides some tension, you haven't seen anything. Exactly. And usually after an episode like this, you'll see an interview from Rick Eyed or a writer or somebody with behind the scenes knowledge who can kind of clarify it a little bit. We've had multiple situations where that's happened. And, like, there's probably been a fire situation where, you know, an interview was dropped after with Derek and he's been like, well, here's the explanation. Even after Al died... Rick had done an interview that dropped pretty quickly after, and he was like, here was the reasoning behind this. And even reading that reasoning, I'm like, okay, that makes more sense. Now I know what you were going for. We haven't gotten that out of this. We had the podcast with Marina that she did with Emily Longaretta that we'll talk about in a second. We had the interview with Patty. We haven't heard from Rick. I need to know why. Like, why should I care about this? Well, that's what I'm saying is like, maybe if there had been some buildup, they could have gotten fans to care about it more because fans could have been slowly getting invested in, uh, not that it probably would have happened because fans are already way too invested in Berzik. But mm. again, I just think they went about it the wrong way. I think first they needed to say once and for all, I think they needed to have like some kind of, for now, some kind of like final Berzik thing. Like officially wrap that story up if you want to pursue Upsick. And then they should have been building up to it. Slightly. I get that this is not like a romance show or it hasn't been a romance show in a little bit, but like there are ways to go about it. I think that they could have done better. And again, like you said, I'm not trying to tell them how to do their jobs because I can't even think of like really any more better ways to do it. But yeah, that's all I'm going to say. I do agree though. One last thing. I do agree that I wish one of the writers would come out and say something because it's only, like, the actors only know so much. So, like, I love hearing from Marina and Patty. But, like, they only can say so much because there's only so much they know. And, like, mm-hmm. it's also, like, in this situation, it's, like, God bless Emily Longaretta. Because without her and without her interviews, like, we literally would have nothing. Oh, for real. Emily does the Lord's work over there. Yeah, for one Chicago especially. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's, like, without her, like, we wouldn't have had these interviews. And then what would have done? 
like Woodbrick I'd have said anything we'd literally be sitting here just like okay well like I'm assuming they're all okay with this and blah 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 and yada yada you know yeah I just I I need a reason to care about this in an emotion other than like blind rage because after that when like yeah I mean after that first scene I was like I was pissed I was pissed and I just did not give a shit about the rest of the episode I was like I don't want to get into this call like I don't care yeah Mm. Yeah. Um I just where what are you what are your thoughts here? I, I just I have nothing but like rambling that I could do about this whole thing. I mean like I kind of already said it, like I said, like I thought I'd be more okay with it than I was. And I was mm. more had a problem seeing them waking up in bed didn't really phase me. Like I was annoyed, but I wasn't like I kind of already expected it, so it didn't really phase me. It was when they came back at the end and like at, like you actually saw them like starting to hook up, and I was like, no, 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 I do not actually want this. Take it all back. I take everything I ever said back. Um, I part of me like I mean I kind of, not that well did I kind of feel like an idiot? I kind of did because I was more mad. I was really mad at Adam, and I've never really found myself like supremely mad at a fictional character before but it happened i mean i've rooted for him all this time oh, i've been 14, on music side this freak. entire time i really have i know i've like i've been team music this whole time even at the con in march when marina was like oh he's not ready i was like i don't know if i necessarily agree with that i was like no he gave her space with matt miller like he's totally ready and then he goes and does this I'm like, never mind. I take it back. You're not fucking ready. You're a fucking child. I Can I say one thing that might be slightly hot takey slash an unpopular opinion to defend Ruzik for one second? I love how you're asking permission. Go ahead. <laughs> In his defense, at what point does he say, I have to try to move on? If it ends up always being Burgess, okay, that's one thing. But at what point does he say, I have to, like, try something else to see if there's another option? And that's uh, that's an entirely fair point, And that's something that I was trying to keep in mind as well. It's just still, I yeah, I mean, it was for me last night, it was more of a matter. I was like, well, you know, I really wish that, like, somebody could have told us, like, stop holding on to hope because, like, it's not necessary well, at this moment. And I bring up two things. So one off of that point I do agree like I said I think they just needed at this point if they're gonna take Upsick into any kind of direction like just give us some kind of final Berzik scene for now and like let us move on I mean not that we'll ever right, not that we'll ever move on completely because they've all like everyone said that Berzik's probably gonna be in game but just like let us move on for now and like mm -hmm. just give us that final like conversation but are they going to be endgame, though? Because I don't know if I believe that anymore. I don't I don't know. Marina and Patty keep saying it, so I don't know. I, again, we haven't heard it from a writer, but, like, Marina and Patty right. believe that they'll be endgame. And that's okay for me. But then on your second point, or on the point of, like, Ruzik at some point having to move on, I love that Patty said in his interview with Emily, he's like, if I'm being perfectly honest, like, I wish we would just date outside the unit. Which I know there's no drama in that. Although fire seems to make it work with there being drama in that. So I'm sure PD can make it work. But like, I do kind of, like at some point, 
if we're just trying to have Rusik move on, like, why couldn't he be just moved on with some random person from, I don't know, that he met at Molly's? I don't know. I don't know, but... But I love that Patty, I love that Patty is so in on the Berzik that he was, like, at first, like I said, like, at first he, you know, people, the writers should care that this isn't what the fans want, and that he was like, I really wish we would just date people outside the unit. Yeah, us too sometimes, Patty. We really wish that. Right. Absolutely. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm so mad. Oh, but yeah, that's, I mean, after this episode, I don't, I, I like, I've lost all hope for Burgess or Berzik at this point. I'm just like, you know what? No, you're going to like, you're really going to hype that up and make us think Berzik's going to get a re- resolution and you're going to give us up sick. Oh no, no, no. Screw that. I'm done. Like, right. Well, and that's kind of why. When, like I said, it had been one thing if Marina had just tweeted 603 like she did in response to that question about Berzik and, like, left it at that. But then when they had Marina doing all this press, I was like, mm-hmm. wait, you're telling me there was literally not a single Berzik scene and you had Marina promoting last night's episode? Like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Like, it just, like, yeah. it made no sense to me. And I thought it was, again, just, like, annoying to the fans. Yeah, very and annoying to the fans. Yes, yes, inconsiderate, really tone deaf. And again, I'm not one to tell the writers how to do their jobs because, again, they have a very difficult job. But this was a pretty tone deaf move. Well, again, I don't even think it's – it's not even the move that I was finding inconsiderate. It's more, A, the way they went about it, and B, the fact – again, and this is only, I know, a problem to the minor, minor fans – the minor, minor group of fans that pay attention to things like articles and interviews and are on Twitter and stuff. like, And I get that. I get that this isn't, like, the, they have to think about their broader audience, the ones that aren't on social media, and I get that. But, like, to the ones that are on social media and pay attention to everything, the fact that they had Marina, like, kind of hype up the episode as, like, of this big Berzik resolution and then did not have them even speak in the episode, I was like, uh, okay. And I didn't like how Cavalier... Adam was about the whole thing. But again, I mean, I feel like we haven't had any Berzik in a long time, right? For So for us to all of a sudden get Ruzik talking, you know, dating and relationships. and Except for that one scene last season. Wasn't that last season or the season before? No, it was last season when they had that, like, one random hookup, but then we never saw any resolution to it. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, I mean, yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I do remember that. After Berzik has, like, or Berzik And then like, Marina really said they, like... It was, I guess, like a deleted scene, but they, like, have the conversation where she tells him that, I don't even remember exactly what she said. But, like, they have a conversation, and they filmed it, apparently, but then it never makes the episode. And I was like, well, then. Mm-hmm. So, but besides that, yes, we haven't had any really significant Berserk in a while since season four. Yeah, and so it just kind of felt weird. I don't know. Yeah, and it, like... He woke up in bed and he's like, I don't have any pants. I was like, Adam, like, I could smack you right now. Yeah. Could smack. But, I mean, I kind of unleashed all my feelings in the outline last night because I was pissed. It was pretty great to wake up and read it this morning. Oh, my God. I mean, okay. And, like, I mean, I was texting you in, like, a blind rage last night, right? So, like, okay. You remember how Al slut-shamed Burgess last year for dating, or maybe two years ago, for dating Ruzik and Roman? Briefly, Yes. Okay. Gina does not um, forget, but yes. Gina doesn't forget. No, Gina holds grudges. Um, (laughs) But, like, okay, so Alinsky completely slut-shames her, and it's like, oh, you're a badge bunny. I'm sorry, who's the badge bunny now? Yeah. 
And that's, well, and that, again, it goes to the point that Patty was making about, like, at least every, not, granted, all these shows, obviously, there is, like, inside hospital and inside firehouse romances. It's a television show. I'm gonna, I get that that's gonna happen. But, like, at least Fire and Med have also had relationships outside of the shows, or outside of, like, the places of work on the respective shows. Petey is not. Mm -hmm. Right. Even if they wanted to put Ruzik with that DA chick that we met last season, I mean, I would have taken that over this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. And this is nothing against Upton or Tracy. I love both. Yeah, no. It's uh, nothing against the actress or the character at all. A hundred percent. And like I said, I could maybe even have gotten on board with this if they had just gone about it a different way. If there had been some kind of buildup, whatever. I, it was just, yeah, I'm not even, I'm repeating myself, but yeah. No, same. And I, I feel like the same as well, but I, there's just like so much pent up rage. So, I mean, yeah, there's, Adam was just very cavalier about it and it really pissed me off just because I would like to think that there would be a little bit more internal debate of like, oh, but I still love Burgess. Right. And that's, again, not to say, not to bring it up for like the 50th time tonight or today, but I, again, the fact that they kept building it up as like Burgess, 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 Burzik, or Burzik, 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 and there was not a single scene. I don't know. It seems weird to me. Exactly, exactly. And so there's the moment where Upton is talking to the girl about the whole, like, she's like dating a bad boy. It's basically a whole speech about like being a bad boy. And they keep cutting to Ruzik. And I'm like, don't flatter yourself. You're the handsome punk. You're not the bad boy. Like, stop flattering yourself. You're still Adam Ruzik and you're still a punk and I still want to smack you. Right. I guess he's technically the bad boy within intelligence, but, like, that doesn't mean much. Oh, my God. That means absolutely nothing. I hear bad boy about Adam Ruzik and I laugh. I'm like, that's cute. That's really cute. We want to talk bad boy. I think we can give that to Halstead, right? Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess. Or, I mean, Void. Like, Void is the, let's be real, Void is the real bad boy of intelligence. I mean, Void's, like, terrifying, but I would definitely, I would definitely call Halstead a bad boy before I would Ruzik, because if, if Ruzik's like, I'm a bad boy, I'm just gonna be like, oh, shut up, like, you're Adam Ruzik, you're insane, stop it. And just, yeah, that happened, and then at the end, after, okay, so, like you had said, there were multiple scenes of this, right, so we got an Upsick up, hookup to, like, start it, and then they hooked up again at the end of the episode, they were playing pool, and while they're playing pool, Haley's like, okay, well, wait a second. Like, what's going on between you and Burgess? And Ruzik just goes, Kim's an amazing woman. I love her. But at the end of the day, she didn't want to be with me. Okay, hang on. Hold on a second. We are going to backtrack this, okay? Let's list the reasons why Burgess did not want to be with you, Adam, shall we? I have multiple. Ready? You were engaged two times before. There's one reason. You failed the push test. Which Roman had no business suggesting, I will give you that. But you know how you handle that and you make the push test a moot point? You pass the push test. Just keep going. I mean, yeah. So that, that's, how you, that's how you fix that is you pass the push test. And when she says that you want to push the wedding, you say no. That's simple. It's that simple. The third reason why she didn't want to be with you is because you didn't want to get your own place with her and you dragged your feet the whole engagement. So don't sit here and act like it's her loss when you're the one who contributed to this mostly. That's my rant. Yeah. You're not wrong about any of that. Right, and he says it so like so much like, oh, well, you know, it's her problem. Like, she she didn't want to be with me. Too bad, so sad, her problem. No, no. Oh, well, no. Here's the thing. 
And again, not really slight defensive music. I can understand how him interpreting, like, again, it's hard to know because we didn't get to see whatever their conversation was after their last hookup. We don't, you know, we assume they had, like, we know they had one. We don't know what was in there. So maybe he's taking that as, like, her not wanting to be with him. I think it was just her not wanting to be with him in that moment. And, like, because she still thinks he is growing to do. Which I didn't believe at the time, and I, but now maybe I do. But I think he just, I think he just interpreted the whole thing wrong. But again, yeah, it's hard that's... to know because we don't know what that conversation actually looked like. We just saw them hook up or go leave to go hook up and then that's it. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I mean, but, but I, you are, you are not wrong with all of those reasons. No, and I agree with you that she didn't want to be with him at the time that, you know, the hope was that he would grow, but obviously he hasn't. Yeah. there's just so many different things because again it's like at some point he has to move on but then again there are better ways to go about it like probably discussing it with Burgess before you you know just go and then outright hook up before with Upton again I understand why the conversation wouldn't have happened before you hooked up the first time but like the second time yeah and this is I mean this is why it's such a catch-22 because you're right it's been what like three years since they broke up so, yeah, of course Adam has to move on. And he may have been moving on for all we know. We don't know. We just haven't seen it. So he absolutely has every right to move on. He has every right to sleep with whomever he wants to sleep with, as does Upton, as does Burgess, as she was with Matt Miller. It just feels like the writers took us one way. It kind of feels like we were misled. I mean, honestly, to me, it feels like more than just like misleading and like, wrong and right and whatever I feel like it's trying to push this idea and I mean we can talk about it a little bit with like the Marina interview but like that it's this whole season is about internal tension and that maybe they're trying to set up this like love triangle I don't even know if we're gonna get the Marina or the Burgess side of the love triangle but like all these dynamics that are gonna cause internal tension within the unit like, romantic, True. professional, personal, like, all these, like, everything has come back to, like, internal dynamics. Right. right. And that maybe right. this is just, like, a bigger way to push that idea of, like, two people who are no longer together that once hooked up and still co- care about, one of them goes and then hooks up with someone else, and then it becomes this whole big squabble and blah, 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 blah. But we can talk a little bit about it with, like, what Marina said in her interview, but... Yeah, and then, like you were saying, with internal struggles, I mean, that's the perfect segue into the Roos-Tonio stuff that we got. But I found myself not caring about the Ruzik and Antonio stuff. Did you? I, I think, again, for me, this episode was just so hard to grasp just because I'm, like, I was tired, <laughs> if I'm being honestly completely honest. But mm-hmm. I don't – I still like it, but – at some point, if it just it needs to get to a point beyond Ruzik not listening to Antonio because he doesn't want to, and he thinks Antonio has a stick up his ass. Like if there, Antonio does have a stick up his ass, though. But like, I don't know. I guess I've always not that again. I love Ruzik, but like I've always been on Antonio's side. Because like, what was Antonio gonna do? Do a lie and then get caught, and then yeah. like, I, like what did you want him to do? Like. I don't know. That's for that's why I don't see it as much as like Antonio having to stick up his ass. Like Antonio did what was the right thing to do in the end of the day. Like 
he told the truth that he didn't see any, you know, that he didn't as much as he wanted to have seen something and believe in, you know, stick up her voice. He didn't, he wasn't going to lie about it. So that, but like at this point, like I want more discussion tension, like more of them talking about it rather than just like Antonio telling Ruzik to do something. And then Ruzik being like, well, fuck that. I don't listen to you and whatever. And like undermining every authority Antonio has. Because at the end of the day, Andrew, like, Ruzik has to deal with the fact that Antonio is a higher up than him and he has to listen to him. He might not like it, but he has to. Right. So, like, I'm over that part of it. Like, I want more just, like, tension because of tension and because they still haven't, like, figured it out yet rather than just, like, Antonio tells Ruzik something to do and Ruzik, like, does the complete opposite. Well, we did get a step towards resolution, didn't we? I mean, I guess... I guess everything up at this point is going to be a step towards resolution. But we still had Antonio telling Ruzik, hey, don't go after the guy. And then Ruzik doesn't listen and ends up tackling the guy. So, like. Right. I'm glad we got that moment of Atwater being like, listen, pull your head out of your ass. Antonio knows his shit. Right. Exactly. I want, yeah, I want more of those kind of moments rather than, again, Ruzik not listening because for the sake of being an asshole. Yeah. It's very frustrating times on PD. Yeah. But we did get As always. Okay, before we move into the interviews, I will we did Yeah. yeah. We did get one good moment out of PD and that was Al's exoneration. Yes, 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 yes. And so that was about time that we had that. And so I first for a second when they were reading the letter, I was like, Wait, you're gonna tell me we did all of this and like didn't get him exonerated? Like what the hell? Um but I'm glad that that ended up happening because it was well-deserved. Yeah, it is well-deserved. And at least we know Meredith will be taken care of. And maybe Michelle. We don't know. She just dropped off the earth. Yeah, don't know. I don't know. Also, that moment when they replaced the hat on the wall um, with Al's, that was super sweet. But I also kind of want to know the story behind that sparkly hat. Yes! That was before that. I was literally just about to say, like, where did that fucking disco hat i don't even know what the fuck that was but that disco hat come from it was all like sparkly and blinged out yeah I, I i'm sure there is a great story about why that hat is there and i would love to know yeah 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 um one last thing about upzik and then i promise i will shut up i promise but um you know upton's not getting off here easy as either there's girl code she's definitely violating girl code and girl code is definitely a thing i don't care what anybody says I agree with that. I think, I again, I'm sh- from Marina's interview. It seems like this is going to continue to play out, so we can talk about it in one second. But I just wish there had been some court- sort of conversation. Burgess deserves at least that much, right? Yeah, because I doubt Burgess is. I doubt Burgess would be the person, the kind of person that says no, you can't. Like, I don't think she would. I don't think she cares that much about the girl code. But I think Burgess would have been like, hey. Thanks for telling me. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, Marina did an interview with Emily Longaretta on her Watch With Us podcast, which is awesome. Again, Emily does the Lord's work for the One Chicago franchise. She She really really does. does. Yes, yes. But she had a good chat with Marina and just the high points here. uh, You know, she mentioned that they want Burgess to be cool with this, with Upton and Ruzik. Okay. I mean, I just, 
I feel like we all thought that we were supposed to hold out hope and we were supposed to think that they were still into each other and they weren't completely over it. I just wish we had, like, known that ahead of time so it didn't feel like we were kind of blindsided. Yeah. Agree. Agree. Um, And then elsewhere... Marina's been talking to Brian Garrity, which, like, they're buddies, so that's awesome. Well, they're also going to be in a movie or something, an indie movie. Didn't we talk? We talked about that. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, we did, we did. Um, But she was, like, she was mentioning how she's been texting with him, and she's like, oh, he would love to come back. I'm like, now? (laughs) No, go away. Right, like, I'm so glad Marina and Brian are friends, and I'm glad Brian's successful. He's been in so many things, but no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Derek committed. They did not. They did not introduce him the right way. Like we don't need to go back there. Right, right. Just it's a friendly pass. Just no, no thanks. Um, Marina also mentioned that there will be Upstead tension in episode six. What? I know, I know. Brenda just face palmed, and I'm doing the same. You can't see us, but we just face palmed. But she mentions, she's like, yeah, I mean, but, you know, there's some tension, but bro code is strong. Oh, well, I guess it's not as strong as girl code. That's what I, okay, we've talked about this where I really, really, really did not want them to go in the upstead direction. But if they were to ever go in the upstead direction, I would not want it to be Jay being jealous and yada, 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 yada. I would want it to happen naturally. If I, if I have to have Upstead, which I don't, I I want them to just be partners, but if I have to have Upstead, I would want it to be just like a natural progression evolution that, you know, partners, and then you obviously start to care about one another because you work in these, like, the way that they work and the way you have to have each other's back, and then it becomes something romantic. I wouldn't want to get on board with that, but I could kind of get on board with that if I have to. Somebody being jealous that because the two of them are, like, because Upton and Ruzik are hooking up and then Jay is, like, jealous but, like, won't act on it because of bro code, I am not here for that. No, I'm not here for that either. Like, mm, like, yeah, just no. And, I mean, we've wanted a relationship. We've wanted to see more shippy stuff that we haven't seen in a long time, but we wanted a relationship that was not going to fuck shit up. Right. And, again... I think it's, like, them really pushing this, like, internal dynamic theme, whatever, which I, in some cases I can get on board with and some I'm not. But, again, I, like, if I – I have this picture of how if I, if I really – if they wanted to go upset romantic, like, how I would want it to happen, just, again, like, she literally saw Jay last week, like, shot on the sidewalk, didn't know if he was going to make it. Like, I understand why she was upset, but out of that, like, could have become, and I'm going to use this, and I'm, I hate that I'm using this word, but could have become, like, a beautiful relationship, like, out of the fact that you're so worried that someone's going to die, and then maybe that triggers something in you realizing that, like, maybe you care about this person more than just, like, a friend and a partner. I would have hated it, because, again, I think that, whatever, we've talked about this, but, like, I could have gotten on board with that's the way they told to tell that story. I don't right. want the jealousy. I don't want it. It's stupid. Like, I, I don't want it. This unit is already so broken. I don't know if they'll ever be put back, back together fully, but I just don't like that it's going to be, there's going to be more drama, but it's going to come with, like, jealousy and emotions that, you know, Well, because don't, don't necessarily need to be there. Because then I think it taints, again, 
I think it taints what could have been and what might be end up being like the relationships. Like, if upset does end up happening, to me, it just like taints the way that they started. And I will never be able mm-hmm. to get on board with them. And then, obviously, this whole thing kind of is tanning Burzik in our heads. So, like, it just kind of leaves a bad impression on both ships. Whereas they could have avoided the whole thing if they weren't having this jealous moment, well, whatever they're going to do. Well, I mean, and you said, you mentioned, you know, tainting Burzik and everything. Has this, has this tainted all of the one Chicago ships for you? Because it sort of has for me. All of them? Because this is, this is one of the OG relationships. Berzik. This is one of the OG ships that they established. And, you know, we lost Linstead, we lost Dossie, and now they're taking Berzik and just running it into the ground. So I'm like, you know what? No. Like- I think for me, it hasn't tainted it because, well, two reasons. One, because, like you said, we lost Linstead and we lost Dossie. And as much as I hate saying this, Berzik has always kind of been just like the black sheep and has always kind of been like run into the ground. As much as I hate saying that, but it always kind of has been. So, like, the fact that they're continuing to do this, it taints it in the fact that, like, I, it starts me, like, really losing hope that this is never going to happen. But it doesn't taint it in that, like, if it were to ever come back, I could not get on. I, it wouldn't stop me from getting on board with it. No, I mean, it wouldn't stop me from getting on board either. But in, in terms of, like, you know, having hopes and dreams for these couples i'm like i'm done i think I'm for done. me i think for me this is on the upstead stuff and again we've talked about it we'll talk about it more in this episode six whatever this is gonna be i'm sure but two things one i wish there was a little bit more as much as i love on television like tamar and christine have talked about it on the shipping room but as much as like a good classic cliche trope is like how as much as that's like fun like sometimes on these shows like I wish there was a little bit more diversity and creativity in the ships and the way they get paired up like sometimes some of the like sometimes the unexpected ones are nice like as much as like I'm still personally not on board with sex toy I appreciate the fact that that pairing was like done because I didn't see it coming. And, like, the right. fact that they're willing to try it out, again, I might personally not be on board with that, but I I like seeing that done. But, like, to me, the fact that they're just, like, whoever Jay's going to be partnered with is, like, always going to be a love interest. A, I hate that for Jay's character development, but B, like, it's so obvious. Right. And I think this is more me projecting as well because I'm – why the fuck has Atwater not gotten a love interest? Like, it literally blows my mind that, like, we're dealing with Upstead possibly being a thing and Berzik and Upsick and whatever, and, like, you're telling me, like, Atwater can't get any of this? Right, right. I mean, at this point, like, I'd rather him just date someone outside the unit and, like, whatever. But, like, I don't know. That's what that's more what I meant with, like, not dealing with the tropes. Like, it's just this these pairings are so obvious mm-hmm. that like even if it didn't work out like a little trying something different would have been nice right because sometimes yeah. the unexpected ships are the best ships yeah. doesn't yeah. mean that like the classic ones like the ob- the ones from day one aren't as great either because they are but like sometimes the unexpected ones are also pretty great so yeah 
I agree with that. I completely agree. Um, yeah, there was another question here. Emily asked Marina, and she said, where do you see Berzik in 10 years? And Marina said, still working together, married, and Ruzik probably thinks it's time for a baby. You really think they'll be married in 10 years? Because after this, I've pretty much lost all hope for them. I don't know about that, but how old are they? Um, Burgess is about 30 now. I don't know about Ruzik. So you really think that at this point, like, 40 is going to be the time to try for a baby? That's the part that I'm like, whoa, 10 years and you're just now starting to think about having a baby? I mean, it's plausible. Burgess is, you know, Burgess is definitely one to put her career first. And, I mean, it's my definitely... sister had her first baby at 44. Really? I didn't realize your sister yeah, was yeah. that old. She's Yeah, she's 13 years older than me. She's 45 and my niece is a year and a half. I knew, I knew how old your niece was. I just didn't realize your sister was almost 45 or is 45 yeah she's yeah i mean i know it's plausible but like i don't know i i not that it's not possible to have a baby but that they would if they were married that they wouldn't have even talked about it that's more where i'm because i feel like couples that decide to wait have at least talked about it and like talked about options for like therefore than having a baby but i could be wrong i don't ask me i don't know but that's just in my head how i feel like it goes Right, right. And they tried to make a hashtag out of the Roman thing, and they said, bring no- bring Roman back. I just, I, it's, it's a very kind no thank you. Not now. Not now, no. Um, but something else that they said was that, you know, both Marina and Patty are trying to support Upton, or Upton and Ruzik because they don't want the fans to turn against Tracy, which, like, let's have a talk, everybody. Come on. Like, this is nobody's fault. Definitely not Tracy's fault. Tracy just brings us Haley. Right. And I love Tracy. I love Haley. I love all of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't want I don't want fans to just hate on Upton because Upton's a great character. I just don't like what they're doing with her per se. Right. And right. I can I can separate the two. I think I don't know. There are definitely obviously some sections of fandom that can't and I don't understand that. But like I think we're both big enough people that like we can separate the two that like we would never hate on Tracy. I don't even hate on Upton for this. I just more like I hate what is happening writing wise with Upton. Yeah. And I kept telling myself after PD aired last night, I'm like, you love Patty. You hate Adam right now. Like that's just you love Patty. But Adam's making you really fucking mad. Like how to clarify with myself. But yeah, I mean, you know, the actors just bring us the characters. Like, they're not the ones behind this. Don't, you know, if you have any rage to direct anywhere, direct it at us. Like, vent with us. That's why we're here. Like, let it out. Yeah. Let it out. But yeah, so that is the the Upsick situation. I, I've lost all hope for them. I don't know if I consider the men game anymore. I think I'm just really frustrated about the whole thing. So maybe I'm just being dramatic and won't feel that way in a couple weeks. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, even Patty said in his interview, he's like, I don't think that's ever going to be put to bed entirely. Like, he seriously believes the couple are in game. That's great. And maybe that's the case. Maybe I can still believe it somewhere deep down inside. But, like, yeah, it's. Yeah, but if he means end game as in, like, they get married in the series finale, I don't want that. Yeah, I I think that's what they mean. But, like, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't want that. I want to enjoy them as a couple. I want to see their progression and their growth into like a married couple or maybe parents or something like that. I don't want to see them get married in the series finale and that be that. Yeah. I, yeah. 
but yeah. I just, um, I, I'm lost for all words at this point. No, same, same, same. I'm like tired now. I feel like I got all those feelings out, do you? Oh yeah, that was, that, this was very therapeutic. <laughs> very cathartic on our, our parts. Um, do we have any other notes about PD? I don't think, I, I think that's it. Again, case, eh, case is fine. Whatever, case happened. Don't care. Yeah. Um, and I only say don't care because so much else was like, it was just very hard to focus. Yeah. Elsewhere. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's about all we've got. So if you've made it to the end of this episode, congratulations. Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> Bless you. Yes. You are wonderful and we love you. Um, that was cathartic. Like, very, yeah. I feel cleansed. It's like going to therapy. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. So as always, listeners, you know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. It's meet us at Molly's right across the board. Email us anytime about anything. It's meet us at Molly's at gmail.com. Seriously, like you guys could have sent us your pent up rage. We totally would have vented with you and like talked about it and stuff. So email us anytime about anything. Doesn't have to be about one Chicago. It's a totally safe space. If you love the show, which we really hope you do because we love doing it, please feel free to subscribe, leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. We would so greatly appreciate that. And otherwise, yeah, make sure to follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV, Bryna. I am at Bryna K13. And that's about all we've got. So everybody have a good weekend and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.